Alright, welcome back to another episode of the Float Universe Podcast. Hope you're out there doing fan-friggin-tastic. It's been quite a month. I've been away for a while, but I've been hard at work. And if you're a Patreon subscriber, which you should be, you have access to the secret episodes, the solo episodes, the episodes I've taken off of the public feed my private personal stuff, episodes from the Float Center, drama talks, all the, you know, all the stuff that I'm not putting out for the public consumption anymore because of women drama and because of employment drama and because of political drama. It's just better off behind the wall. And only for only a dollar, you have access to like, like 90 posts of content. They're all content posts. It's access to my PDFs. It's, um, the videos I was doing at the Float Center, the lives, um, all the stuff. But anyway, you should be a Patreon subscriber while I am still on there. I'm being banned all the time from different platforms for different reasons. Right now, I can't currently post to Facebook. I can't react. I can't do anything. So I just chill, bro. And you should just chill. And you're going to really enjoy this episode with Jillian. It was a great podcast. And the reason I'm doing an intro, I usually don't do an intro, uh, but I did want to promote the Patreon, because if you were following this podcast, and you were following the no fap, and the no, the no smoke, the, the quitting the smoking, I even took that episode down, all private episode, all me only, all solo episodes going forward are on Patreon. I don't think, I might, I might throw a bone uh, to the people that won't pay a dollar, come on man. Just kidding, I don't care what you do. But I wanted to uh, give a little intro to this one because when I was putting this episode together, Jillian messaged me back uh, with something she wanted to promote, and because we didn't get to talk about it in the podcast, I thought I'd talk about it in front of the podcast. So she works with the Stu Peters Network, and they are releasing a new documentary called The Little Ones, or no, These Little Ones, and it is about the stories of children and victims of satanic ritual abuse. CPS corruption and an in-depth story of Isaac Cappy before he was killed. So you QAnon freaks out there, like myself, know all about Isaac Cappy. And so yeah, you should go check it out. And let me tell you where the link is. It's at Rumble.com. Just type in these little ones. These little ones. You can check out uh, the new documentary she worked on. So. I hope you enjoy this episode. I hope you're out there staying enlightened, <laughs> even though some people consider that satanic, Luciferian. But for the Patreon people and for the people that follow on Telegram, know exactly what I'm talking about. No hate, bro. It's all good here. It's all good, man. By the way, great show. Anyway, stay enlightened. Enjoy the episode. We'll see you next time.
All right, welcome back. Tonight's guest, uh, digital creator, crosstalk news co-host, and professional conspiracy theorist, fed posting when she's fed up, host of the new show, Paranoid Podcast, Jillian Stone. Welcome. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Thanks for coming on. I've been uh, watching you grow here over the past few months, and it's been quite interesting. And you have a lot of things that my my audience is into and would, would like to hear, and, and maybe we can get them interested in your podcast. I actually did listen to all three episodes prior to. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you two, the two are just you, and then the other one is your first guest. Yes. So, who are you? Like, Tell me about yourself. What was the inspiration for the podcast? Oh my word. So it was, it was a really, it's been a a really long journey. Um, it's been, I guess over the past year and a half, two years that I've been in politics. Um, I started out, you know, as a ambassador with PragerU and was also a turning point chapter president at Palm Beach Atlantic University campus, um, in Florida, um, I was working at a top political consultancy, and I was getting extremely settled into the Con Inc. establishment, which is, as we know, just really just Big Ten or fake conservatism. Um, but to say the least, I was an absolute rhino. Um, I was really blind, and I was completely ignorant of, you know, everything around me um, until, you know, the Afghanistan crisis kind of happened in August of 2021. And as per my job description at that time, I was told basically to find every inch of news of that event, which led me into um, just a super dark place because I was seeing super graphic images of what the Taliban were doing to Christians, women and children. And I was seeing women being stoned to death in the streets. I was seeing. um, Hold up. Let me. As an amateur or are you a professional as like a reporter or an investigator? Like what is your, how'd you get into yeah. this? So um, kind of how I got into it all was uh, I, I started out, you know, on TikTok as one of those normie TikTok e-girls as, as uh, <laughs> my groiper friends like to tell me. Um, but uh, yeah, I was, I was a normie e-girl and I started out on TikTok. I started out a little bit on Instagram. Well, so hold on, um, for, for those that don't know, you're, you're, I feel like you're younger. I don't want to ask your age because you're a woman, but um, what's, <laughs> for those that don't know, what's an e-girl? So an e-girl, okay, and I, I'm 20, by the way, so it's it's completely fine, okay. uh, but an e-girl is basically a online presence of a girl who kind of wants to be quirky and cool and shake their butts on screen and put a political subject or topic and get views and likes and follows all the above. Oh, yeah, So that's okay. kind of, I was like super into the kind of it was kind of a subtle feminist, not feminist conservative, if that makes sense. It was super rhino. Like so many of the girls that I was friends with at that time were super feminists, but they were like, oh, I have to say that I'm Republican because then I'll get all these sponsorships and I'll get like bang energy sponsorships (laughs) and I'll, I'll get, I'll be a brand ambassador for bang energy, which I was never at that point, but I was getting pretty close to being at that point. Um, 
but it was, it was really crazy. And, um, I started working with, um, politicians around my home state, which was Washington. Um, and I kind of started growing around my town at that point. I was, um, asked to speak at multiple different events. I was asked to host different seminars for young girls, which, um, looking back at it, if I was ever to host a seminar for like social media for how girls can get like, TikTok famous for being like a Republican icon. Um, oh my gosh, I would have like just misled so many people and it would have just been, it would have just been a crap show right there. It, it would have been horrible. Um, but so during that time uh, as well, I was getting pretty big with my connections. I was making a lot of connections with different political commentators, a lot of different politicians. Um, and I initially got my job working at um, one of the top political firms um, in the nation, um, even in the world, um, by directly going up and asking one of their, like, I, I guess you could call him like the president, uh, but he he was like the face of it. And he hosts a show on Newsmax, but I'm not going to say his name because it's just like, my husband still works at the firm. So I don't want to like, you know, ju just talk bad about um, sure. other people while my husband still works there. But um he, uh, I directly asked him for the job and he took me up on the offer. Um, and I've always been a go-getter. I've always known like what I wanted to do. I've always known, um, just what, just what kind of job I saw myself doing. And I definitely saw myself doing something with TV, uh, with politics, but I just, uh, didn't know at that time really how blind I was. And that was, you know, when it picked up, I was going into news clipping and, um, more of the, the production side of news. And, um, I was becoming like a production assistant, um, I did social media management. Um, I grew platforms like over 75,000 followers in like a matter of weeks. Like I know my stuff when it comes to social media. And so I guess it, it allowed me to gain more respect and more, I guess, trust within the people that I was working with before. Um, and I guess like I can say that I worked for him now because he's not a client, but I, I wrote the tweets for Madison Cawthorn for a while. Mm -hmm. And so, but he became really red pilled, which I'm kind of excited about, but I feel really bad that he was canceled and, and all of that. Um, I'm, we're trying to get him currently as a guest on crosstalk. So hopefully you'll see that soon. Um, but when I was, uh, basically in charge of news clipping, I, when I was seeing all these graphic images, like I started, it was kind of like a MK ultra response to me because over the past like few years of just being a part of this establishment, I had grown up thinking that, oh, Islam is like totally full of peace. It's like all like every single Muslim person that I knew growing up was like a really nice person. And they had like a humongous family all of that. And so I thought nothing of it. And I'm a, I'm a Christian. Um, my dad is a pastor and I grew up in the church, but, um, I was kind of one of those, uh, what's it called? Lukewarm Christians who kind of just, you know, uh, allowed myself to 
just completely trash the Bible, throw it away for the sake of being accepting and loving of others to the point where I would just let myself be a doormat and never defend what uh, the Bible says or what Jesus said. And I feel humiliated, you know, looking back at it, but I know that God has me in a place that I am today. And that's truly just being such a victor for him and um, just a truth teller. But um, when uh, it started to go downhill as, as I got more red pilled, I guess you could say in the, in the course of the entire month that the Afghanistan crisis was going on. Um, what was that your, so what was your initial red pill moment? If you can say like, which was the moment where you really like the eyes became open where they weren't before. Yeah. yeah. So the moment that they really became open was when I saw the woman being stoned to death in the streets. Um, and I watched a live feed of a man who was in the Taliban and he was filming it. Um, a woman being stoned to death in the streets. Um, and I also, um, I saw a letter that was translated into English, um, by a different source, but it was on the door of the, of a church, a Christian church. And it said, you are no longer safe under the Taliban. We are coming for you. And so I guess it was like, in my mind, you know, like when you start waking up and you start seeing kind of like biblical prophecy, what the Bible has said about like the past and um, just things that that have happened and things that are to come. I started kind of seeing like these little like premonitions in my mind when I kept seeing like every single time the uh, woman was thrown a stone or she she was thrown a stone at her and she was obviously being brutally beaten. I I thought of you know when the prostitute was pulled out and they were in the Bible and um, Jesus was there and he stopped um, all of the men from killing her. Um, but it was more of like a different, different type of thing where she was, she was just not wearing a burqa and she was not, she was just, I mean, she basically didn't have a head covering and uh, it was a lot of it is like really hard to talk about. Cause I remember every single detail of that video and it lasted for about eight minutes until she was, um, until she was dead but what was she being stoned for she was stoned for being for not wearing a burqa that's right okay i was gonna yeah. say i was looking for the extreme element there but that's actually what it was okay yeah so she was that was that was what um they were describing in the video she was not wearing a burqa and so she was to be stoned to death um for not doing so and not complying and so that hit like a major nerve for me and I realized that the Taliban and Islam and all of the things that I thought were peaceful, but I just respectfully disagreed with, they're actually evil in nature. And that is not the way that God wanted us to treat each other. That's not the way that he wanted women to be treated, children to be treated, young men to be brainwashed into becoming killers. That's that's not what God envisioned for us. He envisioned us to live a completely different reality and man has absolutely absolutely corrupted what the bible says teaches everything and it turned into you know that and um, so, so so seeing islam in a different light basically is is, yeah. the, is what really kind of opened your eyes up to you know i'm seeing the world maybe perhaps upside down even yeah 
Yeah, absolutely. But, but you also, I mean, do you reconcile that maybe that maybe what you saw was just an extreme element that, I mean, you don't think that all Muslims are extreme like that. Not everyone wants to stone. I mean, you know what I mean? There's like Wahhabists versus the Sunnis versus, you know, there's extreme elements of, of Islam within Islam. You can say that for Christianity, even parts of uh, stuff in the East. Would you agree with that or no, or no? Like, would you just paint broadly that Islam is, is evil? I would say broadly that Islam in nature is evil. Um, because of the research that I have done, um, I, I, I mean, like over, I mean, over 75% of those who are practicing Muslims in the Middle East, um, they all believe in Sharia law over 75% in just the Middle East. And, um, over, I mean, I, I think it's over 45% of practicing Muslims in America believe in Sharia law and think that it should be um, harshly implicated. And over over 45% of practicing Muslims in the United States also believe that um, suicide bombing is justified in certain cases. Um, so, as I was, uh, you know, doing my research, I then came across the fact that Joe Biden came came and brought over 250,000 unvetted Afghanistan citizens into the United States, and a lot of them came through where I was living currently, and that, and that's Florida. A lot of them were coming through Florida, and a lot of illegal immigration was coming through Florida, and that was when I started to kind of speak out against that, because it wasn't the fact that I was like, oh. Uh, Islam is evil. We need to kill all Muslims or whatever. I, it wasn't ever that, <laughs> never that extreme, you know, but I was like, we need to be protecting our borders. We need to right. shut down this immigration. We cannot allow these people like basically whoever came in Afghanistan, who was unvetted needs to go back home immediately. And we can't, we need to defend our country because if the I, Taliban I, yeah. took over like could, so quick, I couldn't agree more, you know, especially I was very disappointed to see all that equipment and money and time and effort and lives lost and to see it just, just collapse like that so quickly. Um, yeah. But, you know, I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> you're good. You're good. Um, but uh, as I was kind of starting to take those. Oh, I was going to say, I was going to say, oh, go uh, shout out Florida. I'm in Florida too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Um, I'm in, I'm in Hope Sound right now. Where's that? Uh, it is about 45 minutes from Palm, Palm Beach, West Palm Beach. Okay, so you're South Florida. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's like the stronghold of all the big-time political people in the state there. Yeah, that's what I initially came for. So I live within like a two-hour radius from everybody who is like big-named in, in politics. Yeah, and, you're pretty close to yeah. Trump himself. Yeah, yes, I'm very close to him, but I'm not a really big fan of him after everything that I've done too. But uh I'm just it's been it's been like a, a crazy crazy red pilling journey, but um Okay, so back to Afghanistan and Islam and where we were going with that. Yeah, so I basically started taking the stance of like we need to secure our borders. That's that's basically what it was. And I went on a live stream one night and I emphasized we need to close our borders. We have 25,000, 250,000 illegal Afghanistan citizens that have just come into our country. I have no idea who these people are. We have no idea if they could be Taliban. We have no idea if they could be extremists, um, another Unabomber, another, you know, Boston Marathon 
stuff like that. Um, well, well, but- they're, they're burden at a minimum, they're burdens on the system. Yeah. But what I was going to say was the counter argument is, and again, I'm, I'm totally with you. I think on like 99% of the stuff you believe in, but I always have to play devil's advocate. Like for example, one of the counter arguments to bringing all these people in is we're not having enough children. So who's going to do all the jobs that not only will, will people not do, but we're just not there to do because I mean, if you believe the data, we're all in a kind of a population, a depopulation spiral, and it's only getting worse with the vaccines and stuff like that. But so that's the, that's the counter argument for bringing all these people in, which which I I disagree with. I think you should uh, immigrate legally and uh, it's absolute travesty what's happened with Afghanistan and the Muslims. Yeah. The, the only thing that I would say against, uh, well, not against it, but the, over the past, like two, almost two years now of the Biden administration, um, there have been over, I think it's 11 million illegal immigrants have come in like secretly under the Biden administration. Oh yeah. So <laughs> even if like, like 250,000 versus 11 million, like, you know, kind of, kind of thing. I mean, either way, like we're facing a crazy crisis. And I think that ultimately, um, Roe v. Wade, um, did help a little bit by sending rights back to the states over half of the states are planning are on making abortion illegal or at least extremely restricted so i think in that aspect um that would help and i don't know where your podcast is but don't don't take the deadly injection because that'll oh no just never never depopulate. no we're um, totally anti-depop anti-order okay, Good, good, good. I uh, I don't know where it's like based on or if you're like on Spotify or anything because I don't want to get you banned. You can but... say anything you want. Okay. I've, I've, I've okay. been banned on a lot of things. <laughs> I face the consequences. I know what to edit. I know where to say it. Like, for example, you can't talk about the clot shot or pedophilia on or Satanism in the wrong yeah. con- in the wrong context on YouTube. That's automatic ban. Yeah. Um, so there's certain it's like know your platform. Like yeah. I, know, I, I know the the kind of edge of at least my account where it's where it's allowed to go with the memes um, and it's some trial and error. And obviously, sometimes they move the line without telling you. <laughs> yeah. um, so what kind of um, well, I guess let's let's keep going with your narrative. So you're, you're being red pilled and you're deep into the political system and, and um, media and, and an online presence. So so keep me going. Yeah. So like combined for, for instance, I was pretty big on TikTok. I had two accounts and combined, I had over like 200,000 followers. Um, I was getting views every day and I kept getting banned and I kept getting like 10,000 followers in one week from just one viral video. Like in, in so many ways, like I was, I was just blowing up. Um, and so then as soon as I talked about Afghanistan and the fact that, you know, we need to secure our borders, we need to vet these people, we need to send them back from where they came from, la, 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 la. Then came the, a, a question um, for me, like, do I feel safe going outside and like doing things anymore? And I'm like, you know what, after, after everything that's happened in Afghanistan and after now like thousands of illegal immigrants coming in through Florida, especially, no, I don't feel safe going out. Like I don't, and I, I literally said, I quote, I don't wanna be in a mall one day and have a bunch of Unabombers come and blow up the mall while I'm just trying to buy some clothes. And that clip was uh, flipped by a girl named Claudia Conway and she is Kellyanne Conway's daughter. Um, ah. And 
Claudia Conway messed up her own mother's career in the Trump administration for doing the exact same thing that she did to me. Um, she clipped up the clips, making it sound like I wanted to bomb all Muslims. And she sent it, she has a platform of like, I, I think at least 3 million. Um, and she sent it, um, she sent it out uh, on her platform and she literally said, light her up. So I got lit up. Um, I was fired from my job. Um, I was disassociated. What, what was your from, job that you were fired from? Um, I was uh, I was fired from my political consultancy job. So I was working at one of the top firms, top conservative firms in the nation. Um, and they fired me for that one clip that they took out of context, uh, which I did not say that. Um, it would probably would have been kind of based if I said that, but no, I, I'm not, I'm not that crazy. Some <laughs> like most of the time, I'm not that crazy. Um, so I, it was just, it was really heartbreaking for me because I was at the point where, you know, I was getting promised like a, an ambassadorship with turning point and making a lot of friends with a lot of the, uh, turning point contributors. And I was, you know, I was making a lot of connections and I was doing really well for myself in the establishment side of things. And, um, just having that ripped away from me, um, because of one thing that I said about Islam and defending our border and the consequence of that. You didn't, you didn't even say it. It was out of context. It was, yeah. it was clipped. Yeah. It was completely, I was completely like, it was, I was defamed. I was, it was libel. That's what it was. And, um, well, you know, here's the thing though. I, I always try to see the counterpoint. Like I said, uh, the, the inverse, the opposite, like there's a wholeness to why things happen. And I don't think that yeah. there's a bad side to like, that's free publicity from somebody who's pretty big in that political arena, which you're in. And so you have the opportunity when she sends people over to, you know, work on the hearts and minds with your, your message. So it's like, like they say, no publicity is bad publicity unless you're like going to jail for something really bad yeah but I mean as for as for me where I was in like I was like they, I, I basically was treated just like how they treat people who went to January 6th like I was treated like a criminal um and nope I lost every single sponsorship that I had been given I lost every friendship from that same uh turning point prayer you feel that I was in well they weren't um, your friends though if they just dropped yeah. you like that they didn't really know you enough to yeah, be like they were, I'm gonna yeah they were her. my friends yeah yeah they they weren't really my friends um and there were some people that did defend me for a little bit, but then it started just kind of dying off once they figured out, you know, I'm canceled. I'm not the cool girl anymore. Um, so you can't be friends with her. Um, it was kind of like a mean girls like situation. Um, but what kind of went down uh, that was even more extreme was that the trolls that were coming after me also came after my college. And at that time I was going to school for journalism and they basically denied me entry back into the school um, because apparently I was a threat to the campus. Um, and the condition of letting me back into the campus was to write a diversity and inclusion essay. And at that point I was so fed up. I was like, these people claim to be a Christian college. Um, they claim in their, like in their code of conduct that they want to accept everybody and hear everybody out and, you know, um, 
just show Jesus to, to everyone who enters the college campus. And they did the exact opposite with me. Um, and so I immediately, uh, you know, I spiraled and, um, I, I really, I took a blackout kind of on social media and I contemplated and, um, almost attempted to end my life because I had felt that I had lost everything. Um, I felt like nobody was ever going to hire me again. I felt like my life was over basically because in, in the world that we live in now, it's not like, oh, you get a second chance. No, you get no second chances, especially if you are a conservative white woman who doesn't like Islam in America. Like it, it's, it's like a recipe for basically an explosion fa failure. And, um, that's what, that's what I knew. And at that point I was like, I don't have anybody else to turn to. Um, I had my fiance and I had my family, but they were very, in a lot of ways, um, my, my husband wasn't, but my family was very disappointed in me. Um, because the trolls had started contacting their work too. And so they started getting in trouble. And so I just, I basically felt like I was destroying everybody's life with me. And I felt like I was just a mistake at that point. And so I, I had no idea you were canceled so hard. Yeah. So, it was added a bonus of this episode. I thought we were just going to talk about you know, area 51 for an hour, but no, we're going <laughs> to. This is great. Yeah, I was, uh, it's a, uh, yeah, I was, I was extremely canceled in, in probably one of the worst ways that you can be. And, um, I, you know, took a three, four month, just blackout on social media. I didn't open up my phone. I deleted all the apps and I was in the shower one day and I was just crying and I was praying to God, you know, like, I was, I literally told God, I was like, God, you cannot be done with me yet. Like you cannot just get away. Like you can't just get rid of me so easy from what you know I'm supposed to do. And I was, I told him, I was like, you know what? I'm hated now, just like you were. And, you know, I'm okay with that, but at least put me in something that I can succeed at. And I put out a post um, on my Instagram, basically talking about my canceling and talking about like what I've been doing. And I was really contemplating my faith. Um, I didn't know, like, I was just really angry at everything. I was, I wasn't necessarily angry at God, um, but I was angry that God would let this happen to me um, because I felt like I was doing the right thing for so long. And then all of a sudden I find out that uh, the establishment is pro-Islam and pro-illegal immigration and pro-deep state agenda. And um, you're, I missing, was just, you're missing a huge one. Which one? Pro-Satanism? <laughs> no, pro-Israel. Oh, yeah, pro-Israel. That I'll get into that, too. Okay, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'll get into that, too, because I found out so much about them. Because um, I heard a major theory that um, Islam was actually created by the Jews. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've heard so, similar things. Yeah. So which if you if you take into account what happened to me, um, most of the people that I worked for were Jewish. Um, most of the ambassadors that I were like, quote unquote, friends with were Jewish. Oh, and yeah. yeah I, I, I like people, Jews. I don't want it, I don't want people to misunderstand. It's just I mean, that's well, who, like the, the that's who's in charge. Yeah. The, the, the Zionist. Yeah. The, yeah. Yeah, the globalist bad. We're not not just like regular Jews, but like. <laughs> but like the bad ones we're talking about the bad ones um but 
they were, I mean, I mean, you can, you can even tell like that they, they were establishment, like globalist Jews that I was working for too. So, um, that happened. And after I put out that post, uh, Lauren Witzke, um, with the American first America first movement and, um, with Crosstalk news, she, um, I had met her a year before at actually a rally during the time that I was in, uh, the establishment pretty deep. And she just showed so much compassion to me, um, throughout the entire year that I was just so lost. And right as I, you know, thought that I was at my hardest, I feel like God purposefully put Lauren in my life to be like, nope, you have a future. You absolutely have a future and I'm taking you with us and you're on the team. So super quickly, I was invited to my first interview on Crosstalk News. And then I just kind of um, became a part of the team. And now I work with uh, Stu Peters um, on the Stu Peters show and I'm his social media manager. And I was just on his show, um, I think a week and a half ago, like 13 or like 11 days ago, I think, um, talking about, uh, some different stuff, transhumanist stuff, but, um, yeah, I've, I've kind of slowly started to build up my presence again, and, um, yeah, it's been, it's been a really crazy journey, a really dark journey, but I feel like I'm in exactly the place that I need to be with, um, my faith, with, um, my platform, and just with everything in general. Excellent. I, 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 I empathize and sympathize with a lot of your journey. I don't think I've been canceled to the extent I lost my job over my politics, but I wasn't, uh, I didn't have people go after my family or my friends, which is, that's the toughest part. Um, and, 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 yeah. and, to a, and to a degree, which is why I don't put myself out as much as you do. You put your face out there and your name. And I mean, I'm sure you're, easy yeah. to, you know, you stick out like a sore thumb in the right ways. Um, so yeah, I could definitely see you as an e-girl and then, now we're you, you're you get the what's the um what was the name of the other podcast you were talking about uh what the crosstalk news what's that all about yeah crosstalk news is um they're now fe- we're now featured on the Stu peters network and we're just basically a right-wing christian nationalist based um news show where we talk about breaking news um a lot of it right now that we're discussing is stuff going on between Russia and Ukraine. That's like one of our biggest areas of talking points because we don't want people to forget about what's really happening and like the globalist agenda that's behind it all. And well, what um, do you think's going on there? Well, we we definitely know that neither Russia or Ukraine ultimately, neither of them are are the good or bad guys. They're they're all a part of it's all fake, you know. It's it's all just like um like a, a put together plan, a very well put together plan at that. Who, who's in charge? um it's it's, are there overlords to putin do you think i you know i wouldn't i wouldn't know i haven't done that deep of research into putin himself but i think that um the things that he has done um as far as leadership goes um are are pretty based um i don't think you know that he is this amazing savior you know but um i do think that he represents a strong leader and when you think of putin you think of being intimidated you think of intimidation and you know that's kind of what um trump had too 
when uh, when yeah. other nations thought of Trump, they were intimidated. And I feel like well, well, when, Trump is more chaotic and 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 uh, Putin's yeah. more more measured for sure. Yeah, you, I I like Putin um, personally because he is unpredictable, but that's a good thing and a bad thing. But you never really know his next move unless he directly says it. Um, and I think that is uh, like I think that it's nice to have a uh, a president or a leader who isn't as publicized until they have a direct message for whoever they're going for next. Um, because the whole drama, the theater aspect of politics is so old. It's so fake. Um, no one likes it. And quite frankly, uh, it, it's just, we, we all know that it's, it's all part of a plan to distract us from what's really going on. But um, we definitely know that Ukraine is evil. Uh, they were listed as the most corrupt country in the entire world um, for years. And uh, the Hunter Biden stuff um, keeps resurfacing and people can't seem to get it in their heads that Ukraine is corrupt. But um, they're known for uh, Nazism uh, in their country. The Nazis are a dominant um, ideology there. And uh, their Azov Battalion is known for killing off uh, any civilian who takes the help from the Russian soldiers who are trying to help them. We also know that uh, the the Ukrainian soldiers, the Azov Battalion, they're they're cannibals. <laughs> they uh, there is a documented video. I think that um, I hope it's been taken off by now, but I'm sure you can find it somewhere. There was a uh, a Ukrainian soldier who thought that he had killed a Russian soldier and he cut off the limbs of that soldier and cooked it uh, and ate it in on a live camera, like just pure cannibalism on camera, only later to find out that that soldier was actually a dead Ukrainian soldier. So he just ate one of his uh, comrades and uh, did it on live video. So that was kind of a backfire, but it's disgusting to say the least. Um, and uh, they're major Zionists, uh, but they, <laughs> it, it's just Ukraine, it, it, there's a lot to say about Ukraine. And with Russia, it's kind of like that gray area because it's like, how much do you really know about Russia? Because it's not, it's not one of those countries that's possible, like, like all the time televised it's not one of those right um, well you know my theory on russia though is you know like all this propaganda against russia for years what if they're you know like my theory is like we're the bad guys we've been the bad guys for a while oh yeah no right? we, and, we have always been the bad guys when have we not when have we been the good guys that's that's my question well our, world war ii is arguable but it's also arguable that world war ii never really ended and they just, mm -hmm. they, just they just moved it over here um I'm, oh I'm, yeah two minutes till the break um and then we're going to talk about the para paranoid. Is it paranoid yes. or paranoia? It's paranoid podcast. Paranoid, yeah. <laughs> All right. So real quick, why paranoid podcast as a name? Yeah. So this, so the basically the main reason of the name paranoid is. When I, when I became red-pilled and was looking into all of these things um, that I was, you know, I, I was just becoming so awake to everything around me, the truth of, of what the right really means and what, uh, what, the, what the term rhino really means and how most of the establishment, most of the popular establishment anyways, um, they are the rhinos. They are the globalists. They are just a part of a, a chess game for the new world order. 
um, I became really paranoid. <laughs> I became paranoid of everything around me. I was watching my back. I was like, oh my gosh, is the government listening to everything that I say is, you know, if everybody is able to watch what I have said on social media, even when they're not following me, like who all is watching me? That well, that's is the thing, so though. You're, 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 you're helping them when you put yourself out there, though. I mean, it's yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, I'm not ashamed of putting myself out there, um, especially now. I'm like, come at me. Like at, at this point, I feel bulletproof. I feel uncancelable. I feel victorious. And um, that is the point of, of this podcast is from taking people from feeling paranoid about the weight and the darkness and the evil of this world and, you know, showing them the truth and showing them how to become victors for Christ. Because that's what we are. We are victors. We are warriors. We are soldiers for Christ. And our only job here is to bring as many people with us to heaven as we can, spread the good word, and fight for Jesus in the process. And I think that's that's why I chose the name Paranoid. And uh, for the next season, I'm going to name it something else. Um, okay, well, be different names for everything. We gotta <laughs> wrap this uh, side. Hello. All right, we're back. All right, and we're back from the break there. I didn't get a chance to break it properly, so I'm going to break it right now. All right, so we'll be back after the break. All right, welcome back. We're back with Jillian Stone, Paranoid Podcast. And I have an idea for you. Maybe you can call it the Proanoia Podcast, the opposite of Paranoid. Everything is working for me and with me. Everything's, you know, instead of everything's against me, everything's out to get me. That's Paranoid versus pro-annoia it's the opposite that of would paranoia. be good that would be really good for a second season for sure I, you know i was i was thinking about it I'm like paranoid is kind of an it's not negative but it's kind of an, a, a negative sp- a space to be in for an extended period of time i think yeah it's all part of a purpose for me to kind of get into what i really want um for the podcast i felt like you know the people who are coming on and listening to my podcast for the very first time, they're going to feel exactly what the title says. They're going to be like during the time that like my, my episodes go on and get more detailed and connected, they're going to feel paranoid. And that's what, um, that's what the second season I feel like is for. I'm going to do, I think I'm going to do 20 episodes of paranoid and, and change it maybe even to pro the, the, uh, what was it? Proanoid? Pronoia. Pronoia. There you go. That sounds so cool. Awesome. Well, I, I, I was thinking that, but I'm like, I'm not going to tell this girl that she needs to change the name of her podcast, but you said you, you felt like changing it. So I thought I'd throw that offering in there. That's uh, awesome. Yeah. I'm open. I'm open to any suggestions and all of that. And, you know, I, I, I find a lot of like everybody who's um, everyone sends me like different clips of information every single day now. And it's like, it's so nice to be a part of like a little community, even though I don't have like a ginormous following, you know, but um, it's nice to get a few messages a day that are like, Hey, I found this and I thought it would be really good content for you to go look into. And it's like, it's really, really nice. And so I feel like I I'm in the right spot, you know, with the, my, like the viewer, the viewership, I guess. And like the followers that, um, I've gained from just by talking about, you know, the truth, you know? Yeah. Just keep it light, keep it honest, you know, keep it funny and people will like it, you know, because yes. the thing is, I think myself, like, 
I was going to ask you this question, like, why should I listen to your podcast? Like, what's the point? Like, there's so many people out there saying basically variations on a theme in terms of Area 51 and COVID vaccination. And and I get it, though. It's so important that I'm not going to answer the question because I want you to answer it. But why should we listen to your podcast? I, I, I kind of try to stay away from, you know, the mainstream politics as much as I possibly can. But I am going to provide a lot of insight that most people don't even know about topics like MK Ultra. Um, and serial killers and the CIA. And uh, eventually we're going to talk about the involvement with, with, uh, um, <laughs> with Israel and uh, the state of Israel, all of that. And uh, we're going to go into some really, really deep depth of like biblical truths that a lot of people don't understand about the society um, during uh, Genesis and even going through a lot of the book of Enoch, which is what um, I just purchased. I heard that on your podcast. Ago. Yeah. Yeah. And so I've started to read that and I'm, I'm totally shook uh, by, <laughs> by just what I, um, I read and uh, what I've had time to read anyways. I've only read a few pages so far. Um, but yeah, I'm, uh, I'm really wanting to dive into, you know, creatures um, like Leviathan. I'm wanting to dive into things like Bigfoot, fallen angels, um, demons, ghosts. Um, but what, what about but, biblical cosmology? Like, for example, do you believe in what the Bible says, which is essentially the earth is flat and there's a, a oh my gosh, yes. firmament? <laughs> yes, I believe the earth is flat. <laughs> Now, how long have but, you been on? How long have you uh, turned that corner? Because that's a that's a big one for most people. And because, oh my word, yes, it was. And people I've are like, been, people are like, why why is that important that the they they keep the you know the shape of the realm? You know, is it flat? Is it round? Yes. Is it something else? But it's because it's the it's like the most critical core lie that the devil's told. Or the, oh and, my and the, word, yes. Yes, I yeah, I 100% believe that the earth is flat. It took me about um, all of my life uh, to, you know, break that programming. Mm -hmm. um, because it is MK ultra programming. That's a type of programming. Like when people think of flat earth, they start laughing, they start like thinking that you're crazy. That's like the immediate response to anybody who is questioned with like the flat earth. Uh, when somebody is like, like, obviously believing in it and they're like oh let me tell you about the flat earth and people are like oh you're so stupid like why would you believe that are you dumb like stuff like that and I've been told that so many times but um I've believed that as of now for about two months and I have been totally I've been researching as much as I possibly can with the little time that I have on my hands but um I'm definitely doing actually that's my next um it's kind of a spoiler I don't like to tell my next episodes until like I launch them but I'm that's my next episode is on the flat earth actually it's on um the flat earth and I I'm also going to do the moon landing that's um that's what my yeah, you, uh, you, you need to are. you need to get uh, what's his name he's been doing the circuit recently I got to get him but I uh, forget his name but he has the whole we didn't go to the moon and he, no he, I know you yeah, didn't he's got so much Probably proof didn't. Is it's a psyop, guys. <laughs> and that's that's another core spell to break. And once you break a lot of those core ones, like the like the earth isn't necessarily like a flat plane, but it's definitely not a spinning ball in a void. No, absolutely not. It's a, it's so much more like it, it's so much simpler that we than we think. And a lot of people they just don't understand that you know the Bible is one hundred percent literate, and if the Bible says something is true, and NASA says that something 
something else is true, you probably should go with what the Bible says because um, before, I guess, before, you know, telescopes were a thing um, and before, you know, uh, NASA and Big Gov were a thing, everyone believed that the earth was flat. I mean, thousands of different cultures around the world believe and uh, believed and believe that the earth is flat. And before we had the government come in and we had all of these like three letter organizations with their logos of 666 and snakes and serpents and monsters, like we all believe that the earth was flat because that's what the Bible said. And even the fallen angels, they also know that the earth is flat. And so that's why you have all of these ancient cultures, like with different depictions of what the earth looks like. And I mean, they sure believe in like different gods and stuff, but they all believe that the earth is flat. Right. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we're on the same page. That's the thing I, I knew. I don't know. Did, I don't know how I came across your page at first. Did I find you through Kara? How do I, did you, were you, you you may have. I I love Kara. Um, I've talked to her just a few times. I really hope to one day develop a good friendship with her and Amy, but I love them so much. I listen to their podcast literally every every week that it comes out. I've listened to everything that they've put out and I've even bought some episodes because I just I I'm in love with these girls. They are so great. And for one thing, like with Kara, she is she, with her faith right now. She's going through a lot of stuff that I went through as well. Like as as a teenager, like I even dabbled in some of the things that she did, not to the part of do, not to the point of doing like um, like LSD and what is it called? DED is that D- DMT? DMT. I I didn't do that, um, but I definitely dabbled in a lot of different things that um opened me up to the spirit world and well, left that was going to be one of my things. that was going to be one of my questions oh um, cool because a lot of what we talk I, I lived in a float center for for two years and and experimented with psychedelics and the spirituality just like Kara and I've come to a lot of the same conclusions um we, we we've recently had a little bit of a a parting of ways we, we were doing a podcast uh podcast together but it just got too hot and uh too too heavy uh to carry that load so we stopped doing it so that's why I asked. Mm-hmm. I, I thought I thought maybe you would come from that podcast, but definitely, I think I found you through Kara. Oh, very good. Or it could have been on my other page where it's just like QAnon people I follow and you know uh, right wing political stuff. It could have been that one. Do you? I don't know, but I was really psyched when you followed me. I was like, oh my gosh, I actually I follow this dude, and I think his stuff is hilarious and super cool. And oh, okay. now you follow it. I thought it was really cool because I was like, oh my gosh, I'm actually like a pretty big fan of this guy's stuff. And now he's following me. So oh, I must now be doing something a little bit right. <laughs> you, you know, you can see who looks at your stories. And sometimes I just check out like, because sometimes you can see that people have public profiles because they're, yeah. they have a story and you can look at their story. And so yeah. every once in a while, I'm like, who is this person? And I just check people's profiles out and I'm like, wow, this, this like you have a lot of potential and yeah, you're already in the right circles, but I had no idea about the banning and, and the canceling and, and how much uh, shit you went through. And yeah, and I didn't, I didn't want to cuss or anything because I oh, listened no, to your, okay. I listened to your podcast and it was like squeaky clean. I'm like, oh, it's such a, such a nice girl. And you're, and your father's, oh, no, a, your fine. father's, your father's a preacher and you're married to Elvis, by the way, congratulations on your wedding recently. Thank you so much. Yeah, it was a, that's a long story too. There's just been, I mean, with me specifically, it's been just so much spiritual warfare. Like the devil has been trying to get me 
and you know I keep proving him wrong every day <laughs> so um, we're just gonna keep going with that because my God is stronger than his and um, it's just it, everything has been a journey for me and you know getting married was one of the best things and also one of the most difficult things to do especially when like you have your outside family just being completely I mean I know that there's a lot of horror stories um about like in-laws and stuff but I have I've had my fair share of horror stories that <laughs> for uh for I, I guess my my entire wedding story did you get married here in Florida I did get married here in Florida and my husband and I eloped actually um, after we've known each other for about a year, uh, a year and a half now. And um, I don't think that uh, if we, if we didn't get married that when we did it, it would not have worked out for very long um, for sure, because it was so just incredibly insane. But um, I love my husband so much. Um, He's my bestest friend. And he is literally the only one who 100% was with me on whatever I I was choosing to do with um, whether it was journalism, whether it was activism, whether it was, you know, just just anything. Um, He has been with me 100%. And I know that God was telling me this entire time, you know, if you let that boy go, you are not going to get anybody who is like, like remotely similar to him. He is, he is so unique. He is so special, hilarious, and so talented. Let me tell you, his voice is just, it blows me away. And yeah, you were telling us he's recording Elvis songs while you're doing this right now. Yes, he was recording Elvis songs. Um, I don't know if he's still recording, but he may be. Um, but yeah, I can't wait does, to hear does whatever he, does he Does he sing to you at night and stuff? Or Oh my gosh, yes, he does actually. And he, um, he has about, I think, six or seven really nice guitars. Um, some of them were gifts, um, but he, he'll whip out his guitar and he will sing to me too. And it's very sweet. Very nice. Very nice. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I did want to ask substances. So you don't do psychedelics and I totally get that. And I wouldn't recommend somebody like you who seems to have uh, it together spiritually and your life. You seem like you're in a pretty good space, physically, mentally, spiritually. Somebody I like am you. Trying. <laughs> well, yeah, but it's all relative, but somebody like you, I would definitely not recommend um, any kind of heavy psychedelics at all ever. Yeah. Um, because like, for example, with marijuana, I, I, I actually got your take on marijuana in your podcast because uh, you're pretty straightforward about it, yeah. <laughs> which, which, which was you've never met somebody who is not ghetto that smokes weed. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think I'm ghetto? No, I don't think that you're ghetto at all, but I'm just messing the, with you. I had no idea that you smoke weed, but I think you'd be the, the first non ghetto person who does. Well, I'll speak for a lot of people out there that are lawyers and doctors and professionals that smoke weed and you wouldn't even know it. Um, but, <laughs> but, oh no. And it's, it's much more um, out there than you think, uh, because I mean, I'm double your age and the whole professional world is full of people that are just, and again, they don't look at it as, as a sin. I don't know if you see it as sinning or it's just not good for you. My theory on, on it for somebody like you is this, you're actually higher than the vibration of marijuana. Like you don't need it. Right. So for example, somebody who is like low or they're in pain, they're in suffering for whatever reason, physical, spiritual, 
marijuana, at least temporarily, can raise your vibration up to the vibration of marijuana. So if you're lower than, and I don't know if you believe in vibrations or not, but you're- There's but you're, a lot, yeah. But you're of, you're of a, I, I believe you're a, a higher vibration. Like people like that don't need it, so. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, I will admit that um, I have tried it one time. I threw up and I will never do it again. <laughs> what do you think? Did you take one hit or was it like a bunch of hits? It was, it was like, okay, so I was 16 and um, I went to a lake park with some friends and I didn't know that they like did anything, but somebody came with like this pen looking thing. It's uh, called a dad pen. Yeah. So they came with that and they were like, hey, Julia, do you want to try this? It's like, a, they're trying to like trick me into thinking it was like a cigar or something. And I was like, mm. uh, I mean, okay. I mean, my dad smokes cigars. And so I think that it must be like little me. Um, right. And so I take a humongous like inhalation of it. And I literally coughed so hard from that that I threw up. Like I could not stop coughing. Oh, and I know it was that like, feeling. Unfortunately, it was like three hours later, and I was still coughing. Nothing would help me, and I was oh, like, "Oh, that's not a doing nightmare. That again. That's a bad yeah. trip for you. No wonder. Also, yeah, no yeah, wonder. Yeah, I was hate also it. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, and I was like, how do people do this? You, oh, um, you, not for you, me. A, a first timer cannot rip on one of those pins. I'm a pro, and if I rip <laughs> on, if I rip on a pin the wrong way, it to totally. I won't cough for three hours, but I'll cough for maybe five. 10 minutes really hard and that's a yeah pro. i was uh yeah i know a 16 years old never done that before i'm telling you that's that's a nightmare now how was the actual you know psychedelic slash mental aspect of that three hours so i was like so background i had just gotten back from the a europe trip that i was i had actually sang in a choir with all of them and so we we were from all different parts of Washington and we all decided to come together and just like spend the day with each other um, after that trip. And so I was like, I was really sad because I knew a lot of them were going back to their home states and I would never see them again. And so I think that whatever like was in that dab pen um, made me just like so emotional. So I was just like hugging on everyone. I was like, you can't leave. You can't like, don't ever stop calling me. Like, please, please write and send pictures and all of that. <laughs> yeah, it, it sound, uh, sounds very trippy. And in, in, a, in a somebody like you, first time, a very high, that's a very high level, actually, because those pens are like, I call them the crack of weed, because they take, <laughs> with, with, with those pens and oil, you take the plant and you take what you want out of the plant and you make it extremely powerful. And so it's very unbalanced and you get really high really quick. And you, in the worst part is for stoners is you have a tolerance now, which is sky high. And so quickly it becomes like drinking. And I don't know if you drink or you understand how drinking works, yes, but I, yeah, you, I have. You, you, you get a tolerance for it and you're wasting your money and you're getting, you're just getting fat and you're not getting as drunk as fast. So yeah. we can, we, weed can quickly become like that. You're wasting all your money. Not only mm -hmm. are you not getting high, but you're wasting your money on the weed and you're eating yourself out of house and home because of the munchies. Yeah. So I, my, my thing is, uh, what you did say, um, which I do agree with, I do not need, um, psychedelics to experience the spiritual realm because, um, I naturally, if I am, um, super worked up, I can, um, see the spiritual realm myself. 
So do you um, believe so do you believe in vibrating at a high frequency? Um, I guess that I would believe in more of a biblical stance on right. that, but I do believe that we are all spiritual beings. Um, and some people have a, uh, a different gift than other people, you know? Um, and I believe that we, I mean, at one time we were all like in like deep communication with God. Um, uh, we were like, people were just able to talk to them. And in Genesis, we were just able to talk to the fallen angels. We were mm -hmm. able to talk to the Nephilim. We were like, we were able to reach out and touch them thousands of years ago when, when that happened. So let and me ask so, you this. Do you think these uh, extra dimensional or no, I shouldn't even say, do you think they reside on another, in another dimension and in, or do you think they're like, just like me and you, and they just pop out, pop out of the sky? Like where, where do these the things Nephilim? come from? Well, the Nephilim or aliens in general, like your, your logo of your podcast is an alien. It looks like a, a gray, yeah. alien, but it's yeah, green. It's a, it's a gray. That's actually, I saw one. Um, that's another reason why I put it there. Okay. Well, let's um, hear that story. So there's a, there's a lot leading up to it. <laughs> so um, when I was also 16 um, and I just became, you know, able to see this as, as the years went on. Um, I don't see a gray like every day, obviously, but when I'm really worked up, I can see one. Um, basically what happens with me um, is I'm kind of a, I react on emotions. I'm a very emotional person. I'm a very passionate person with, with everything. If somebody hurts my feelings, I get really worked up. It's not very easy to hurt my feelings, but if you severely hurt my feelings or do something to hurt me or my family, um, I get very worked up. So, um, when I was 16, I had also gone through a very, very sad, like breakup. I was, I was really upset about it and I did the unthinkable. And I think I just let the darkness get to me. Um, I made my own Ouija board. And so, um, in my, in my bedroom alone, I waited until it was 3am to do it. Um, because I knew that that was when I was going to uh, just awaken things because of just, I mean, everyone knows like 3am is like la 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 haunting hour or whatever. Um, but I started doing this Ouija board and, um, I was using a nickel actually to be my planchette. <laughs> and so I basically was just like, okay, I'm here to connect with anything around me. And immediately something came up and it started just like, I, I, it wasn't moving my hand, but the way that it kind of works for, if you know that you're doing it right, which I don't ever recommend is if you feel kind of like a spiritual pull in a different direction with your hands, not necessarily it's like physically moving you, like you can feel something moving you, you feel like you should just go a different way. It's kind of like a gut instinct. Mm -hmm. Um, and so you just kind of roll with it. Eventually I, found out that I was speaking with a spirit named Cade. Um, and he was, when I asked him how old he was, he said zero. So immediately I knew, um, that I was speaking with a demon. Um, because if they basically say that they are, um, no age, um, or if they start basically just leading your hand towards zero or just, um, across the board in certain ways. Like you just know that you're talking with something that is not of this world. 
And yeah, yeah. Um, okay, well, that, well, okay, hold on. So that was very interesting what you said. First, you said it was kind of dark and demonic. That wasn't exactly your words, but then you said it it wasn't of this world. Now, that second part is like, okay, what if it's an angel? What if zero means infinite? Well, you know what I mean? So, I'm, again, I'm advocating here. I'm the devil's advocate, but I just have to yeah, say, you know, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. otherworldly could also mean angelic potentially. Yeah, I'll get to that. Um, okay at the at the point of it all but um I basically was like will I ever feel love again and it it said yes and I basically um asked it to type out a a name for me to like coincide with like who who the next person that I was going to love uh Mm -hmm. was and it didn't spell out my husband's name that time but it did spell out um the next boyfriend that I had, which was very strange, and his name was Josh. Okay, so, so so after you, you so you did this, you got a name, and then you dated that guy. I did. I dated him for a year, and it was a very abusive relationship. Hmm. So, like listening to whatever I was talking to, um, it led me down a very dark path. Too. Did you know that guy so, when you first when when the name was revealed? Did you know who it was, or did you have to like? Nope, I had no idea. Okay. I had zero clue who he was, but, um, that's crazy then. Cause it's not like it's in your subconscious mind. That's led this planchette across the board to somebody you like have feelings for. It's I, just boom, yeah. random person out of nowhere. Yeah. I had no idea who he was, but, um, I knew from a video, um, that I was watching a really long time, time ago before that is that if you ask, um, the planchette, if, he- if heaven is real and they, and it responds with no, you know that you're talking with a demonic presence. And so before I asked, um, or before, like, I guess I closed up whatever portal I opened up, um, I asked if they believed that heaven was real and it said never, it spelt never. And so I immediately just, I tried to say goodbye the best I could. I ripped up the little piece of paper that I was using as a a Ouija board. Um, I threw away the penny that I had used, but I guess that wasn't good enough. So over the next year or two, um, I was followed around by a black mass that would actually present itself to me when it showed its face as a gray. Um, Oh, I just got a a huge uh, goosebumps all over my body. Yeah. Yikes. yeah, I'm um I'm actually getting them too because I remember everything like clear as day. Um, and it still follows me today sometimes. Um, but I just never let it. I I don't pay attention to it anymore. So, so the alien, the gray alien, is the thing that you initially had. It's Cade. Cade, yeah. And Cade is probably a demon in your estimation. I believe that Cade is a demon. Yes, and I believe that he because follows he's a- me around. Because you said there's no heaven. Yes. Right. And um, it has led me to um, be able to predict things that I do not want to predict. And I am able to predict when something bad is about to happen before it happens or uh, and I don't know what it is until it's too late. So that's kind of my my ultimate fate. Um, But uh, so you're psychic. They can't do nothing about it. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and I don't really, I don't really like try to read into it, but it's just, it's really heartbreaking when, um, when it, when it happens, um, because it's usually somebody or, um, some, something that's very, um, close to me. Um, well, I, I would just say you're very spiritually gifted and in, in having, you know, premonitions and reading into the, I, I, I call it just a giant energy field and you, and you have yeah. access to it. I, uh, I don't try to have as much access to it anymore. 
um, because of everything that has happened. But like, for instance, um, like when I when I first started seeing this um, Black Mass Cade, um, it came to me in dreams. It would come to me whenever I turned off my lights. It would be tilting its head in almost like, you know, when uh, in like horror movies, when like a figure like breaks its neck, like super, it's like a super crooked, like head tilt so it would look at me like that and it would come towards me and it would also hide in my closet um and do crazy things inside of my closet it every single night I would wake up to fingers pulling up like pulling open my closet doors and just having Cade show up and it was just it was terrifying um and I was 16 and that went on until I was about 18 um almost 19 years old um, until that stopped. And so um, how did it stop? Did anything cause it to stop or just stopped? I think that it just, I think that with the shift in, um, just what I was getting involved in, did you ever call Jesus, Jesus onto it? I did. Um, and sometimes it would work. And sometimes I feel like Cade suspected that I was afraid. Um, and would not leave me alone. Um, if I was ever, if I showed that I was afraid, um, if I was trembling, if I was crying and I called out in Jesus's name um, to save me or anything, it would kind of feed off of that and it would become stronger either in my nightmares or it would um, present itself to me. And it would even wake my little sisters up who were in the next room. I would come screaming and crying in their Mm. room. And then something would happen in my room, like a bang. And then they would be completely traumatized by what happened. Um, So that went on for a really long time. Um, And then just recently um, it was about, it was about, three months ago, it was a week before, um, Matthew actually exactly three months ago today, which is very interesting. Um, exactly three months ago today. Um, it was a week before exactly seven days before Matthew and I got married. Um, when, uh, my husband's family got into an altercation with me, um, because they didn't like me. Um, they don't like me. Um, they aren't, they aren't welcoming of me. Um, what what is there not to welcome? I don't get it. Like, what what are they not like? So there's just, there's a lot of things that have gone on, um, like personal things. Are they liberals? No, but kind of just like to say the least, um, it just was not a welcoming presence when I stepped into Matthew's life. Um, and I don't want to go into like super personal things, but it was just, it was a lot. Um, and so basically the altercation ended up with um just something and i'm not going to mention it either because it was just it was so traumatizing that it's just like it's better left like being said but um he he said something to me that ultimately would threaten my family too um and i have the strongest connection with my family um i would, I would die for my family. I would do anything to keep my family safe. Um, especially with what happened to me, um, in November with them, like with their jobs being threatened, everything. Um, it was just, it was so extreme what he had said to me, uh, that I went into a full, like terror attack. I think that's the only thing that I can say Mm -hmm. I was in, I was in my husband's car, 
completely freaking out. And I don't remember this at all, by the way. Um, This is just going off of what my husband told me that I did. But apparently, I saw something and I was completely screaming because I was seeing something completely terrifying um, before my eyes. And Matt kept looking in the direction that I was looking and nothing was there. And all I can really remember, because I blacked out most of it, was seeing a black mass looking at me um, from behind uh, from behind the glass of the car that I was I was in at that time, and I can only think that it was Cade that I saw. But it was I threw up afterwards, and I that's what I remember. I, I remember throwing up and coming back too. Yikes! And then uh, and then Cade's gone now. Uh, no, he's not gone. Um, it's a uh, it's been really difficult too, uh, because, uh, over the past few months, it's been super spiritual warfare and actually Matthew and I's wedding night, we were gifted, um, Chardonnay. And I, from going across Europe, I had tried like little sips of Chardonnay before. And I remember loving the taste. (laughs) And I think that I had a little bit too much, um, because I'm only a hundred, I'm 108 pounds. And, um, I, uh, I definitely had a full glass, a full eight ounces. Um, and I am a very lightweight. Um, and so, uh, I remember being in bed with my husband and, um, I started crying because I saw Baphomet. Um, Mm -hmm. and I remember, I remember that specifically and Baphomet was standing in my closet and I believe that it was Cade as well, because it was the same exact, like, presence that I felt it was exact um the exact fear that I felt I remember when I was I was very I was I was kind of I was pretty gone like I was pretty I was pretty tipsy um when I saw it and um I still remember seeing Baphomet and over the past uh, few weeks too um with being just given so many different opportunities especially with um the new show and being on being on more platforms lately um, I've been undergoing some extreme nightmares, just like I used to have. And like right now I've been going under some pretty big spiritual attacks as well. Um, like to say the least, the past, uh, like eight months have not been, uh, they've not been the easiest, but I do believe that I'm stronger for it. And I do know now that whenever I have these bad dreams or nightmares, or whenever I think I see something, um, I do know that I am protected. And, um, I do believe that Jesus and, um, Jesus is definitely sending angels to spiritually fight for me every day, because I don't know how I am able to get through my days, um, living with just constant bad dreams now, um, constant, just seeing things and, um, trying my hardest, you know, not to feed into it, but it's like, it won't let me, uh, have a break, (laughs) but, uh, it's, I, I'm able to see a lot of things and I'm hoping, you know, one day, um, either Jesus will reveal to me why, um, why these things are happening, why I'm seeing these things, or I'm hoping, I, I'm hoping that God will take it away from, <laughs> take away my sight or take away well, the ability. Yeah. I, I think you're going to learn how to use it. You know, I think it's there for a reason. You're you know, obviously spiritually talented. Um, you just got to learn how to use it or, or, you know, not use it right to deactivate yeah. it, to, to learn to, I don't think this is going to be an ongoing thing for you. I think uh, when you uh, turn the light on so bright, it just attracts everything. 
And, Absolutely. And, and, I it, agree. you know, I think the lesson to take away from this at a minimum is just like what the Bible says, you know, you shouldn't go knocking on doors. You don't know what's on the other side, you know, yeah. opening, opening the doors with the Ouija board to spirits and you don't mm-hmm. know what they really are, what their agenda is. So true. And that's what you get, you know? Um, yeah. That's why I always say, don't knock on doors. You don't know what's on the other yeah. side. And that's basically what you're doing when you do that stuff. Yep, absolutely. And, you know, 16 years old, you can't be that spiritually powerful or not powerful, no. but that spiritually educated to know, even know better. Yeah, especially in these times. Like I was, um, I love my parents so much and they, you know, they did their best, like teaching me the word of God and all of that. But I, at heart, am a rebel and I was rebelling. And I guess that was my way of kind of rebelling. Well, and, at uh, a minimum, it also, yeah, well, it shows you that it's real. Like this, these spiritual dimensions, like one thing I see to people with, like the cleanse and stuff that the things they worship, I'm like, you know what? May, may, may or not be true may or not may or may not be true yeah. but you know they they think it is that's what really mm-hmm. ma- what matters but then the truth is really and a lot of these people that are psychopaths that don't believe in anything when they get to a certain level of hollywood and they've been lost their soul they realize wow this shit is real like yes there, yeah. are, there are de- angels and demons and everything in between and these other mm-hmm. dimensions exist and 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 god is real the bible's true jesus yes. is real and there's, so power, and there's power in it. And that, yeah, these spiritual dimensions exist and you shouldn't be going into them unless you know what you're doing and not Absolutely. too many people know what they're doing. In, in fact, and nobody. It, yeah. And the, these entities, they, they know, they know what their mission is. And that is to well, they're tricksters. You. Well, that's the thing yeah. with DMT. You, you, with DMT, you actively enter those realms where you, you're availing your consciousness to the trickster energy. And mm-hmm. I, I, from my personal experience, the psychedelics are just like reality it's a mirror of your energy and your, your, your actions and your vibration. And you're attracting that into your reality as you live, as you judge, as you forgive um, God. Like I tell people, you don't need a, a, a spiritual teacher or a book outside of like the main text, right? The mm-hmm. Bible, it's just, God is going to give you exactly what you need in your life better than you could go out looking for it. And so the problem is most people don't want to accept the task that's, that God's given them because a lot of it is being humble. Or for example, I'm having to take care of my mom now. That's a whole new challenge for me, like to, mm-hmm. to, to live with, to go back home and to do the righteous thing for your family, yeah. stuff like that. You know, my ego says, oh, go do this and that and be famous and do stuff online and make memes and make people laugh. But, you know, the, the things I've come here to do, the spiritual lessons are right in front of us. And I do believe yeah. that we don't have to go far. Uh, if we really want to do spiritual work mm-hmm. and, and God will absolutely bless it. If it's his will, that, mm-hmm. that's another thing. And, um, what's really interesting about like all the hardships that I've been through and continue to go through today, no matter what, um, God keeps opening new doors for me, no matter, no matter what it is, he keeps opening new doors and, um, he isn't shutting them either. He's only shutting what, whatever, whatever is left of, of the corrupt past that I lived in. Those are the only doors that he's shutting. And he's only just lighting up the, the narrow path for me. And, um, just with even getting like the book of Enoch and I'm, I'm planning on getting all of the lost books of the Bible that were not included, which I wish that they were included because they're very important, but, um, well, maybe I'm there's wisdom on- in that. Maybe there's wisdom in God at a larger scale through the church, keeping them out. I try to find wisdom in that as much as I say there is, you know, hey, these are hidden texts or they've mistranslated it. Um, there's error here. But I also like to believe that again, like God's perfect and God mm-hmm. God gives us the perfect information in just our daily lives. And if we do need to read the book of Enoch, great. If that helps you grow spiritually, great. 
but also I'll tell people, you know, the inverse is true. You don't need to do anything. God can put a poor, poor person or a situation in front of your face where you, Absolutely. where you have to really walk the walk, the walk, talk, the yeah, talk, walk, so the walk. True. It's one thing to, Oh, I read the Bible. I go to church. I pay my tithe. It's another thing to actually, you know, get your hands and, you know, boots on the ground and, you know, yeah, helping people. And that's that's yeah. the real, that's the real work. Yes, so true. And I do, I do highly recommend everybody go out and serve at least one time because it literally changes your life. Um, I grew up serving people. I grew up serving the homeless um, with my dad and with our church. And as a, as a child, knowing the, um, hold on, hold on. Uh, let me, let's, let's, let's pause this because I got less than a minute left. So I got to, oh, no, I, I got to take it to break. Um, and it's kind of cool actually that, um, Zoom has forced me to do this. Otherwise, I could just pay for it. But I thought I'd pay <laughs> for it, and it, it said it didn't work this time. So we're going to take it to break, and we're going to finish up our conversation about your podcast and about your faith and everything else in between. So, guys, hang tight. We'll be right back. Stand up on the crowd. Noble work, I steer. Steady, steady course to the Right, welcome back. Our final hour with Miss or Mrs. Is it Mrs. Now? Is that how it goes when you're married? Is it yeah. Mi- Mrs. <laughs> Mrs. Jillian Stone. I'm still getting used to that. So yes, Miss is the unmarried. Mrs. is the married. Mrs. Yes. Stone. All right, and her podcast, the Paranoid Podcast, also the co-host of Crosstalk News. But we're talking about we were talking about your family and growing up in the church and living a moral life. And um, that's how I find my old, I'm a white pill person. I, I'm, you take the red pill and then a lot of times people get black pill, which is doom and gloom. Where are you? Are you a white pill person, uh, a black pill? What do you think? I think that I would, I would just say that I'm Christ pilled. And I mm. think that that would give you like more of a, a gray area because I understand that the world, you know, as we know it, it's just going to keep getting worse. Um, and we can't stop it. Like, ultimately, we cannot stop prophecy from coming because it's prophecy. But at the same time, God wants us to feel joy and hope in the fact that we can't stop the, what, what's coming. And, you know, our only purpose, like, as Christians is to bring as many people closer to God as we can, um, on our journey and, um, take them, take them, take them to heaven with us. And, you know, I think that that's what I'm more white pilled on is the fact that, you know, I'm at peace. I'm ready to go. Um, I'm ready for God to take us up. And, um, I know that I've brought, um, a lot of people to Jesus and I feel very happy, um, that I have. And, 
Um, I know that there's a lot of really dark things and the more that you let it consume you, um, the, the darker that you will become, the darker hearted that you will become. And it, it, it's heartbreaking because I was there at some point and um, I'm kind of now like ideology wise, I would call myself more of a collapsitarian because I do think that everything should like go up in flames because that's prophecy. Accelerationism. And, um, yeah, that's a, I, I believe, I believe in that. And, you know, I'm just along for the ride. Um, and I'm, I'm along for, for the ride, like being filled with Christ and taking as many people as I can with me and, uh, you know, telling as much truth as I can as well. And I want to go down in God's book of life as somebody who fought like heck to, you know, bring as many people closer to him and to defend him as well, because I will 100% die for Christ every day. I will, I will die defending him because he is the one who, who deserves all of the glory. He deserves all of the praise and all of the defense. Um, and sure, he may be a million times more powerful than I could ever be spiritually, mentally, physically, but you know, with my weak mortal body, I will 100% defend him and I will use whatever power that I have in me to bring other people to be also defenders and, and victors and warriors for Christ as well. Absolutely. Very nice. Um, I also know you're afraid of spiders. <laughs> oh my word. <laughs> wait, what did I post on this? <laughs> Well, you were talking oh, about wait. you were talking about MK Ultra in your podcast, and oh, you're talking oh, yes, about and, and 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 one of the things I talk about all the time is float tanks. Do you know what a float tank is? I do not. Oh wow. Okay, so it's amazing to me how much I've been in this world and how many people actually know about it. But then there's so many more people, yourself included, that really don't know what it is. So, do you know? You have no clue what I'm talking about. No. What's a float tank? Have you ever heard of a sensory deprivation tank? <gasps> Yes. Okay. So it's basically that's, that's what like is. an MK Ultra thing. Oh my gosh. Really? Right. Well, here's so, so I guess one of the themes of this podcast could be that as much as things can be negative on their face or they can appear to your judgment as negative, things can also be used in like a healing way. And so, for, ex yeah. for example, Float Tank, you, you come from a, a world of, yeah, John Lilly, the scientist, and they put these people in these tanks. And, um, you know, I don't know what your perception of tanks are. But for sure, they, they tried to use these things. The, the, the inventor of the float tank was trying to initially isolate the brain from all stimulation. And that's the benefit people get from it now in the commercial setting of going to a float center, which is at a bare minimum, you're laying in a thousand pounds of Epsom salt, you're naked, you're floating on top of it in the water all alone. There's no sensory input as much as possible. And that reminds me of like stranger things. It's, it's exactly what it is. And so it's not necessarily, it's not a bad thing. It, it's things, for example, a gun. Is a gun evil? No. Right, it can't be. It's just, a, it's a thing. It's inert. It's, it, it's not good or bad. It just is. It's your perception. It's your experience mm -hmm. that gives something the qualities of good or bad. Now, I'm not going for a, sub, a subjective, like, um, postmodernist thought. There is, an, a, there is an objective good in the world. I do believe mm -hmm. there, there, are, there is a, an objective moral law. Um, yeah. I don't, so I'm not a fan of a lot of this leftist postmodernist think that multiverse is another concept of that. Which oh, jeez! Yeah. I can go to I can go to a I can go to a, a, a universe where this is morally permissible. Yeah. Uh, type think, 
or in another universe or another reality, I am this thing and I'm trying to get to the reality. Or in another life. Well, that's debatable, even biblically, karma. And again, like depending on your brand of Christianity, that could be argued. But I get where you're coming from, totally. So you believe, let me put it to you this way then. So talking about karma, do you think that you get one chance to come here? And if you don't get it right, you're condemned to hell? Because that always, that's bothered me. Like, like, as in like, like, like you're born and you have no concept of where you came from. You can't remember anything because there's no reincarnation. Um, mm-hmm. Right. There was no previous lifetimes. You just came here. You appeared. And if you don't accept Jesus Christ, you're condemned to hell. That's what a lot of Christians, at least on the face of what they present, believe, which is you either accept Christ or you don't and you go to hell and you only get one life. So, it, it, you know, God forbid, if you're born in a culture where you're not and I know like Mormonism, Mormonism is a religion oh. where you can get to, uh, you can die and still be presented with the opportunity to accept Christ. Even after death, there's people yeah. that believe that. So that's what I'm saying. There's inside the broad brush, the broad stroke of Christianity is the nuance of all these other like uh, subsets of like Catholicism and Eastern Orthodox and oh, yeah. Mormonism. I'm, I'm- yeah, I'm neither of those. I would say that I believe that all denominations who who preach um, preach those doctrines, I think that they're they're false and they're evil. Um, I am like in I guess you could call me the broadest term, and it's pretty extreme. I'd just say that I'm anti-denomination because I don't like to put a a word that is not God because I I would just say that I'm a Christian. I am a God believing. Bible believing Christian, I believe in the Bible. Um, I, I would say I'm a, what the Bible says. You I know? would say I'm a Christian in the in the definition of I try to do and say and act like Christ does and do. I mean, I feel like that's the ultimate. Like not Paul, not anything else in the Bible, not the Old Testament. As much as there's information and spell breaking and everything's inverted, basically, there's truth to that. But the words in red is what I always tell people. That's really the meat. And potatoes are where you need to be in terms of how you live in your life, not the tithe, not how many times you're going to church. That's great. Good for you. But if you really, you want to live the life, you're, you're following the words in red, which in the Bible, that's Christ's words. A lot of Bibles will outline it for people that are non-Christians that don't, never picked up a Bible. Um, there's a lot of terms we've used tonight, like rhino. Some people are like, what's a rhino? What's a rhino? It is re- Republican in name only. And I, I meant yeah, to address Republican that earlier. Some yeah. people don't know that. I mean, some of these things you got to look up. So I try to like pretend yeah. like there's an absolute complete new person that's never heard this podcast before. Doesn't know anything about anything. And there's any little thing I got to tell them. So, yes. So, yes. Yeah. You, my lifestyle is basically what you're deathly afraid of. You wouldn't want to be locked in a dark room on LSD. Yeah, here's, here's why. Um, so because of everything that I've experienced, you know, um, it's terrifying. That's, sure. that's what, a, what God has showed me. He has showed me that everything that presents itself in front of me, like it's always been bad. It has never been good. Um, and that I need to, you know, instead of feeding into the evil of seeing like, you know, Cade or even feeding into even darker things too that that come with that and you're you're kind of just um presented with a feeling of you know uh curiosity um but it's kind of like the curiosity kind of killed the cat <laughs> situation well, well that's like the thing a- too yeah it's so crazy like you got and i think that's why god does that to some people because some people will touch psychedelics or weed in your case they'll just have a bad experience they'll never do it again 
And mm-hmm. I think, and I think that's, uh, there's wisdom to that. And, and knowing that God's made it so like horrible for you the first time around, like, trust me, I've, I've had horrible, horrible experience, but it's, I, I just want to keep getting up and I haven't done it in a long time since my dad died last year, but mm, I'm sorry. Uh, oh, it's okay. It's, you know, we all got to go through that door at some point, but I appreciate mm-hmm. it, but it's just, I see, and I, and I appreciate, and in fact, somebody who has your access to like this Cade drama without anything, like definitely don't smoke weed, definitely don't take LSD because. Yeah, that's a, that's one thing. That's why I would never probably do that is because of what is out there, you know? Yeah, and you're just already I've experienced, there. Yeah, I've experienced my hand in it. Um, and I get, whenever there's silence, whenever I feel uneasy silence, I, I will sing, I will clap, I will do whatever it takes to like, at least entertain myself <laughs> so to it, it, get is that there, feeling away. Is there a good silence for you? Or is it all uneasy silence? I think um, there, when I, for instance, when I, uh, like my home, for instance, I, I love my house. It is, it's where I feel the safest. Um, and everything is decorated the way that I like. And I, I guess I'm kind of like OCD. Um, when everything looks neat and organized and clean, I find myself at peace and I can sit for hours by myself in the house and do nothing all day. Just sit there and, you know, think, pray, all of it. Like it's, um, it's more of like a peaceful quiet when I feel organized, but, um, when I'm going through something dark, like if I ever experienced myself having, um, a premonition or a nightmare of Cade or something other like otherworldly, you know, that's obviously presenting itself to be demonic to me. Um, if I know that in the back of my head, if I'm thinking about that in the back of my head, I will not be able to sit in silence anywhere. Mm. Well, the float tank may or may not be for you. I think you've already, <laughs> you, you have too much of a preconception of it being, uh, you know, and I think that's to the point where it's unconscious uh, and you can't really control it outside of yeah. the dream or something, or like psychedelics where you force these things to the surface. Cause really the, you know, the high level psychedelic experience, a lot of times, a lot of people don't know how to put it into words, but basically in my experience, it's your unconscious stuff that you can't work with, or you don't know how to work with. And a lot of times it's very dark stuff or you're unconscious to things you're doing in your life. And, and the at mushrooms or the LSD brings you into awareness, sometimes painfully, of where you're misaligned with God and the truth of your life. And so as many times as I've heard demonic and evil stuff, and I've experienced it with my own trips. So I'm not recommending this to spiritually open people. I'm not, as much as I've liked doing it, as much as I've gained spiritually from it and including trips with Jesus and stuff. So it's not like these realms are just filled with demons. There are higher realms and you can, at least in my experience, have Christ connection. And feel that, and it opened me up to new dimensions of Christ. Okay, so that's why I'm not completely shitting on them, is because I know there's potential for good uh, outcomes and good experiences. But also, it's like, ooh, if I gave you LSD, you're fucking, oh, sorry, you're freaking guy. <laughs> Cade would probably be much more visible, and you could definitely hear, he'd be a lot louder. I can almost guarantee that. So for somebody like you, it's like, no, 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 no. You don't need that ever. Yeah. I, uh, I think I'm happy where I am. (laughs) 
I don't think I would ever try it again. I've thought about possibly like being in a room with, uh, with people, um, just kind of taking notes on, on what I can pick up sometimes. Sometimes I think about that, but ultimately I get this feeling that God's like, no, Jillian, it's going to be a really bad idea. If you try to do that, do not do it. And so do you I'm like losing like, control? Um, oh, do I, I'm sorry. Do you like losing control? The, the loss of the feeling of the loss of control. I do not like losing the feeling of, of well, you being like able this to control then. things. Yeah, yeah, I um, I I like to be in control of everything, and those that I can't control, th- those things that I can't control, I take it up with God, and I deal a lot with um, like feeling, like I basically have the mindset of I can't control what's happening um in our world. I can't control what other people say and do, but I can control what I can do, what I can say and what I choose to fill my mind with every day. And so I usually try, like I said, I'm kind of OCD. I like to keep things organized because Mm -hmm. I can control that. I like to keep my space clean. um, And I like to constantly keep my my space um, with light energy. And usually I, to keep my my form of light energy, I I listen to the Bible or I'll read the book of Enoch, like I'm, I'm trying to do now, or I'll listen to worship music or, or stuff like that, or even like lo-fi music. And, um, sometimes the lo-fi music will play like little Christian lo-fi, um, like tracks and it makes me happy. But, um, <laughs> I, uh, that, that's usually what I do to keep in control. So I don't, I don't think that, um, I, I think that I would have a pretty bad trip, like uh, like eleven in in Stranger Things. Yeah, you you would be, <laughs> would be full, of, full of spiders and dying and hell and everything else. The devil. Oh my word! Oh yeah, yes. Baphomet would come to you. It's just horrible. I mean, he already kind of has, or unless that was Cage shape shifting, because we know that they can do that. Um, but I've seen what it looks like, and um, I don't recommend anybody uh, try to find that at all because it's yeah pretty terrifying. <laughs> Again, yeah, yeah. Be warned. Ouija boards, LSD. Um, that's the thing. Sometimes people just charge the whole system up with LSD and sex rituals and magic. It's Total- bad. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. To- totally. I mean, that's what a lot of these elites do. If you believe it, they take DMT. Oh, yeah. No, they, they absolutely. With the, yeah, the the Satan, if you will. You know. I one hundred percent believe that. Yep. <laughs> so, if you don't accept Christ, you're going to hell when you die. Is that the question? Is that, is that the answer? Or in, you... in the in the simplest, broadest terms, yes, that's what I would believe. And what is hell? Is that eternal, or do you, you ever get out? You you, you learn your lesson. Yes. You, you do get so, out. So or, or it's eternal. You, oh no no no! It's it's eternal. The only time that it was not eternal was when Jesus died, and he went into Hades to evangelize people who were still in hell. God, uh, God, when God comes back, he is, uh, he's not going to do that the the second time. He's not going to do that a second time. So, um, when, when Jesus died on the cross, those three days, he was in the underworld in Hades, um, preaching the gospel and taking, um, lost souls who, uh, didn't get a second chance, um, back to heaven with him. All the Buddhists get a, get a chance to, to get out of there. But yep, now, yep. but now you're screwed. Not getting, you're not getting out now. You've had a chance to hear. Well, what, what if you're born in a jungle in Africa and you never See, hear? The- yes. That, uh, the, uh, the abandoned Island theory. I love that so much because there's actual biblical backing, um, that in the days where, uh, there was no, no talk of God, the angels came down and, uh, like biblical, like godly angels, they right. were, 
they came in physical form, kind of like in Genesis to walk amongst them and teach them about God. So I believe that um, either way would be up to God. Um, That's kind of what the Mormons believe, believe that, that I, Christ well, appeared I to the, the lost tribe of Israel in America. Oh, geez. And they believe that they're the uh, Native Americans now. Yeah, I, the, the Jews are Native Americans. <laughs> I, yeah, that's a, that's an interesting one for sure. But, um, uh, I do believe that everybody at some point, whether it be, um, through actual Jesus himself coming and, you know, evangelizing, um, either way, we are all presented with God at, God at one point in our time. And if, the, and if there ever wasn't, um, an ability for that, say like a, a baby, um, was taken, um, taken from the womb, whether from abortion or from, uh, you know, just stuff like that. People who don't know like original sin too, like, um, those with severe disability, um, or diseases that, well, see, that's um, debatable too. original sin. I don't know if I believe in that. Yeah, I don't, I, I believe in, I believe in original sin. Um, but I, I, I believe that there's an age of accountability. So I believe that when you become like a certain age, um, you obviously know right from wrong. Oh, totally. Um, And, you know, I believe that all children, um, unless they were like inherently evil children, like they're, I mean, biblical times, like back in Genesis, um, there were evil children who like were like cursed and were eaten by boars because they were evil, but they were already corrupted by like Sodom and Gomorrah or like Nephilim entities, stuff like that. So I believe that, um, children who haven't been subjected to that, you know, like normal children, um, I believe that they all will go to heaven because they don't know original sin, you know? Um, and I believe that once you're at the age of knowing right from wrong, there you go. um, Yeah. Forgive them father. They know not what they do. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's kind of what I believe on that, but I'm not God, you know, like I can never like really speak for him, but that's personally what I believe. Um, I also do believe that a little like lighter note. I do believe that all dogs go to heaven, um, for like the simplest reason of backwards, it spells God. So Mm. it must be like, but I am like a huge dog person. Um, I guess, I guess cats go to hell then, right? Pretty much. They, you know, they knock over things. I have a kitten, but he's an angel. I, I have a kitten. Um, he's great. His name is Enzo and he's actually laying by my feet right now, but he's the, he's the best, but I do believe that, um, animals like that, um, who are meant to be companions, um, I, I do believe that they should go to heaven. That's just, that's just my thing. I'm like, <laughs> if I can have that, I don't want it, but not actually, but you know, well, here, here's an interesting thing. And I, I I'm sometimes of the belief that God is just a, an energy field and it just kind of subjectively gives the believer their experience mirrored back to them. And, and where I get this from is near death experiences, people who die and come back. It's basically cultural, like in Japan. When somebody dies or they have a near-death experience they report it and it's like a white it's a white light there's no figure behind it because in shinto and the zen stuff there's no central figure maybe the buddha but you know there's no like jesus there's no muhammad stuff like that yeah and then when a christian dies in america or wherever a christian dies and they come back and they report they were met by jesus and you know it, 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 it what i'm saying is it crosses and if you go to like uh, islam or or uh, hindu you get their experiences and it's totally different. 
And so it's like reconcile. How do you reconcile that? You know, like uh, Jesus isn't appearing to everybody or it's yeah. just, or it's just, a, like I said, it's what I believe is just an electromagnetic belief uh, that you took all the way to the core of your heart. And that's, what's meeting you when you die. And for a lot of people so, that, for a lot of people that's hell, that, that's, yeah. that's hate and, and suffering and pain and, you know, and all internal is all internal suffering. And then mm-hmm. that's where they go. And then those that believed in Jesus, that took that free uh, ride. Cause that's what I think. Uh, that's why I don't mess with people who are like hardcore Christians, no matter what it is. I'm like, you know what? That's like a free pass into heaven. Okay. So mm-hmm. just, so just take it. Yeah. There's, I, I think and just take it. Yeah. So why mess with the, why mess with their uh, religious beliefs when they've got something that works as long as they're actually doing what Christ says though, which is, I meet a lot of people that are, that claim to be Christians and they're, they're basically Satanists. A lot of churches, yeah. a lot of these churches, a lot of modern churches are just Satan, yep. are just Satanist. Satanism. Yeah, absolutely. I 100% believe that. I think the thing that I would say to that is um, not to like take away from anybody's like spiritual experience, but when, um, God created this as well um, for, cause we are all spiritual beings um, as humans. We, we were divinely created. So that makes us in, in one way, shape or form spiritual as well. Um, but when, when we die, um, our body lets off a lot of chemicals um, and usually our, our, our brain is the last to, or like our hearing and our, our sight, our, our five senses are, or six, I guess, are the last to shut off when we die. And so I think personally, um, that it could be, um, it could just be a chemical reaction, kind of like, um, like when somebody takes LSD and they think that they see Buddha or they think they say, well, see right. Jesus and that, stuff that, like that. that's what I mean. It's a, it's a, it's an electromagnetic mirror. Yeah. And, so and it, I wouldn't say that like Buddha is real. Um, or that they're seeing Buddha, I think that they are literally just on a trip. Um, well, that's, what, that's what I'm saying. I, I'm saying that's exactly what I'm saying. I'm saying they're seeing. Oh, okay, okay, okay. They're, they're, they're just seeing to clarify their, that. Okay, cool, they're cool. seeing their belief, meaning they believe yeah. in Jesus so much that when they died, they were met with their own belief system. Whereas some, or maybe people, it was like what they were thinking when they were when they were dying, and that's what presented to them. That's that that could be part of it, which is why if you look at some of these uh, Tibetan. Buddhist monks, they train to die that at the time. <laughs> no, seriously, at the, the time of death, they have a whole thing where they're, um, you know, you don't want to be locked up in some kind of suffering or um, God forbid you have, um, what, what is it? What are we trying to escape suffering and like desire? Like you shouldn't, you, you should not have any desire when you die, any suffering, any pain, any, I'm not talking about physical pain. I'm talking about like just internal, yeah. internal stuff. Because the whole thought is you're in this thing, in this illusion, in this dream called life, you're having a very subjective mm-hmm. experience and you're trying to wake up to it, but you're yeah. so, you're so deep in these dreams, which is what the karma is in these past lives. You're just dreaming into new lives and into new lives. You're trying to wake up. And so they, 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 they try to have practices that at the time of death, they're calm, they're collected, you know, now if you're, if you're going to get you die violently in a fight or in a car crash, you're obviously not enlightened Buddhist monk or something in a cave, relax. <laughs> so to die, to die in trauma, to die in pain, to die clinging to desire mm-hmm. is what I think sh- that it would have something to do with like adrenaline and, and all of that, all of the chemicals that are in your body. For sure. Like, I mean, like during that time, I'm glad you mentioned that because the big theory is 
you know, DMT's released while you, that's what they say, at least. When you die? Oh, that's interesting. Well, when you're dreaming too. um, Yes, I've heard that. DMT secretion. And the the biggest DMT secretion is when, is upon death. And so that's like a chemical chemical gateway, potentially. uh, Okay. So I guess it would kind of improve my, my thoughts a little bit. Just like saying that they wouldn't actually, you know, see like what they're saying. It's, it's more of like a kind of like a trip, like a last, a last, um, a final trip. <laughs> right. But the, uh, you never tripped really. So you wouldn't probably know this, but there you do bring back valid information that you can use in your life in a positive way from these trips. The, these entities, if, like I said, if you're aligned with the truth with God, like if you're not like the, the psychedelics make you pay for unconscious use, for example, like you're perfect, you're a perfect example. If you went and did naively did some mushrooms or even you know consciously did mushrooms at a small amount because of your newness to the territory because of your willingness for whatever reason to learn or to heal which is not your case but i'm just using you as an example the the mushrooms would be easy on you they would they would be gentle whereas if i big bad me decided to do some and i said ah i can take a big amount no big deal this is no (laughs) no." they would it would punish me because I'm because I'm cocky and because I don't respect it and because I'm not doing all the things that you should do when you're going into such a potentially life-changing experience because most people do these psychedelics one or two times they take they have a huge life uh, altering life-changing and again sometimes it's not good a lot of times it's not good and, and like you it was horrible probably for those three hours and you're yeah. coughing and puking and having all kinds of internal things go on and yeah, it was so bad. You never did it again. Yeah, and it was it was pretty pretty rough. <laughs> and that's why I'm also if it doesn't fry your brain and make you go crazy, which is rare, I will say, they do offer tremendous potential, especially mushrooms. And another one of my theories is again, kids don't do these things. But if you are going to mess around, uh, I recommend plants that have not been really touched by men. Meaning you don't want to do LSD. You don't want to do MDMA. You don't want to do things yeah. made in a lab. You'd rather have the plants. Um, mm-hmm. But again, the argument there is, oh, there's chemicals and, uh, you know, the growth stuff they put in the plants and, the, and the, 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 it's just a whole bunch of genetic stuff and chemicals and you don't want to mess with that <laughs> either. So you're better off kids not using drugs. Ultimately. I mean, <laughs> that, that's the truth after done, yep. after done a <laughs> decent say- amount. I mean, there is tremendous potential insight, but I meet people like you all the time. And honestly, it seems like, like the generations of people are like cars. Like Mm -hmm. my grandparents are like this old car and they got heavy metal doors and it's, they don't have any, you know, and then I'm a little bit better. And then I see your generation even younger and it's like, wow, these are, you're you're basically psychic. Um, (laughs) You're very spiritually powerful. So it's like the newer models. And this is just in general, like a baby is as close as you're going to get to God connection. And that's why you yeah. have all these children who report heaven. You know, all these, so many books about children that have reported heaven and past lives and stuff like that too, which also leads you to believe that, again, I'm just saying my experience with psychedelics and karma and studying a ton of other uh, religions and spirituality, there is a case, even just the baby saying, I was re- I'm reincarnated, this was my life and I can take you. And there's reported stories where these, pe- these babies are born they get to a point mm-hmm. where they can they can talk and they can take uh, the mom to everything that happened in the previous life. Uh, it, these are rare cases. 
Yeah, um, it's so, really, I have heard those cases before. They're really, really interesting. And I, I know that um, children are very spiritual. Like they can tell you like the creepiest things. Like you hear so many stories of like the youth talking about experiences with like the the other side, like ghosts and, and all of that kind of stuff. You see so many different um like stories on like children telling them that their grandmother came back and she she died like a few years back and it's just like how did they know that that was their grandmother when they haven't even met them stuff like that so I do believe that children are very spiritual but um just I I feel like if uh if the parents feed into it like way too much I feel like it could backfire pretty bad yeah I'm just offering it as a case of like, I want to know, I want to know the truth at all costs. And I think that's what I appreciate about you. Your truth has cost you a lot uh, yeah. as we've learned. I didn't even know that really about you. So that's uh, another dimension, which I'm glad about. And we've gone now, I think almost two hours. So <laughs> yeah. it's great. Almost two hours. It's wow. awesome. I've really enjoyed it. And, and I, I honestly do see things. Uh, and that's why I wanted to get an interview with you. Like when you're, in, when you're like a nobody. I mean, you're somebody don't don't get me wrong like i'm a nobody too i'm just saying I, I we're all be, nobodies but you know what i mean like you're young you're just getting your foot in the door and that's the thing i see tremendous talent and i see assertiveness and yeah i see you being big in your in your own movement and also as an offshoot of i don't know would you consider yourself alt-right what would you call yourself uh a i centrist? would call my America yeah, first. I, I think absolutely America first. Um, I actually am trying to, we're trying to figure out um, a day to actually trying to hang out with um, Mr. Nick Fuentes himself soon. But um, yeah, I am. I'm definitely America first, pro America first. Um, I would call myself um, more on the Christian nationalist side, but um, there's a lot of stigma with the alt-right being like actually racist, which um, if you look into more, I won't get into it super, like, I, I won't get into it a lot, but mm -hmm. there's like what's called the Wignats and they're like, they actually have adopted like actual Nazism mm -hmm. um, and they, they're just really bad. But um, we've kind of, I'm more on like the Gavin McKenna's, um, Milo Yiannopoulos, Stu Peters kind of side where uh, we're the alt-light. So we we're just, we're America first, but we aren't like, we don't have that like crazy baggage that the alt-right does where it's like yeah. a negative connotation all the time i like gavin you ever check out owen benjamin i love him okay yeah he's the best he's my favorite yeah no, no gavin, anybody else but gavin's great too but owen benjamin is the funniest and the realest he's very good he's very good um i actually got the chance to meet uh gavin mckennis at the afpac um and it was my first afpac i was um i was invited and it was so awesome getting to meet him. We had a conversation for like 15 minutes and it was, it was just so cool. I got to meet like one of my biggest heroes of all time. <laughs> He's awesome. Awesome. That was one of the questions I was going to ask you earlier. Some of the inspirational people that, uh, you know, why you do what you do, who inspires you to, uh, yeah, I would, yeah, I would definitely say Gavin McInnes was one of them. Um, I would say Alex Jones is another one just for his, um, just his, how do you even say it? it's like well, guerrilla warfare yeah. kind of journalism where he just goes places he breaks into so many different areas like bohemian grove for instance he broke into bohemian grove and completely filmed a satanic ritual that took place um i think that would be what i eventually want to do 
um, in my journalism career. I would love to do that kind of journalism where you go places that like are actively hosting like big elitists that are literally conducting interviews and I would like to break into it but in for me it would be like kind of being on my more like uh crazy um extremist side I would like to blow up Bohemian Grove while everybody is in it to completely altogether stop it (laughs) but um because these people are so evil and they sacrifice children every night and just it's so disgusting what they do there but um uh I definitely think that Alex Jones is a really big figure that got me into really wanting to do that um, and getting me passionate in those things. And um, I do think that um, Eyes on the Right or um, Amy is a really big role model for me too. They're like the same age as my, she's the same age as my mom actually. And so I kind of see her, um, I don't talk to her often. I sometimes will like send her things and she'll like, like my comment or something, but um I hope to one day like have a a better friendship with her um, because she's she's like kind of like a mom figure that I listen to. And my mom actually listens to Eyes on the Right, too. So um, it's kind of like a bonding moment between my mother and then also seeing Amy as um, kind of a mother figure for me, too. Um, And then Kara, I just um, I know that you guys have sadly drifted apart, but I think well, that no, she is we're just... still friends. It's just the oh, pod- good, good, good. The, the podcast was just too intense. Oh, good, good, good. Okay, I said too okay. many bad words. That you, I, I said too many words <laughs> that you can't say, and I, and, and no you know, yeah. No, I. So Kara is like, I just see. I don't see myself in her, but like, I just feel like we would get along so well with just how passionate she is, because I get just as passionate whenever I find out new things, and she usually does it on like live uh live podcast and so it's really funny to see her reactions to certain things and like the the big gasps and I love her laugh so much I know that was that was what I loved about the podcast we were doing that I can't believe that's news it was just me we we were reading the stories and yeah it was basically I I was the expert and she was the one I, I was she was like the normal person's like take and yeah a lot of times it was her reacting to uh the ridiculousness of the story but more so you know, the foul language and the ridiculousness. And it's not even that it's foul language. It's things you just can't even say anymore because uh, the center the has gone so far left. Oh, yeah. Oh, like, are you talking about saying like trannies and stuff like that? Oh, okay, 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 okay. All that stuff, trannies and gay. I say that, but that's just how I was growing up on the, I grew up on the office. So like, I grew up saying these things because Michael Scott has literally been ingrained in my mind to say tranny and faggy and, and all of those yeah. <laughs> retarded, like literally that's, that's what he said in like most episodes. So I, I, I just think it's normal, normal ling- lingo. I guess that's what you could say for me, but I don't find it offensive. Well, you know, so. well that's the thing. It's like, a, it's like I said earlier, it's like the gun. Uh, it doesn't, yeah. it's your intention behind it. You know, it, it, the gun is just a gun. If you want to pick some, pick it up and kill somebody, then yeah, it's a bad thing. It's like the word, the N word. I'm not going to say it as much as some people would love me to love it, to just roll off my lips. <laughs> the gripers love, like whenever I'm on cozy, they're like, say the N word. I'm like, no, I can't. Yeah. yeah. That's, I can't do that one. I can't do that one. <laughs> it, because you're a lady and it, you know, I'll keep it. Maybe you'll share this. Maybe you won't. And I want to make sure I'll have much more of an opportunity that you'll share it if I don't say that. Uh, nasty. Oh, no, you're no, no, no. You're totally fine. Like I'm yeah. My office is like, I love working with Crosstalk because everyone's completely unfiltered. So, oh, okay. 
I'm like, yeah, you can say whatever you want to me. I'll just think it's funny. Okay. Well, I got two minutes left before we get kicked off. So I'm going to wrap it up here. Uh, There was so much more I could talk about and maybe we'll be a part two. Um, yes, I would love that. Well, then there you go. There will, be, there, will, there will be a part two at some point in the future because yeah, we need to go further into your fear of spiders and your fear of ghosts. And yes. we, didn't get, we didn't get too much into the conspiracy stuff. We um, can totally get into all of that too. I love talking conspiracies. That's what the podcast is all about. <laughs> and, I, and I'm glad that I've shown you tonight at a minimum that not everybody that smokes weed is a dirty ghetto uh, asshole. Yes, <laughs> there, I'm telling you, there's doctors and attorneys and uh, uh, pharmacists and engineers, there's all kinds of people that you deal with every single day of your life that you have no idea that they're stoned out of their mind because they smoke so much weed, their eyes don't turn red. So <laughs> you, you don't know, you don't know. So I'm glad that we <laughs> had this talk tonight. It is the Paranoid Podcast with Jillian Stone, and you can also see her on the Crosstalk News, and that's with Edward Saul. Is that how you say his name? Yep. Okay. And is Lauren not on there anymore? I saw her. She is on there. Okay. Lauren Witzke, is that how you say it? Yep. There you go. Shout out to the Crosstalk News people. And come back later, uh, maybe a couple weeks or so, we'll bring you back and we'll talk more. Jillian awesome. Stone, anything you want to promote? You got the last word. All right. Well, you guys can follow me on Instagram at Jillian Stone, or you can also follow me on my podcast, Paranoid Pod. And I also just launched my website, paranoidpod.com. So if you guys want to see more of my stuff, you can go to that website. But yeah, that's all I have. Thank you so all much right. for having me. Well, this is going to end. So I'm not going to be able to talk to you after I hit, uh, after it stops. So when it ends, it's good night, uh, Jillian. Thank you so much for joining me. Guys, thanks again for another episode. Uh, you are enlightened and we'll see you next time. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. I'll see you online. Thanks again. All righty. Thank Thanks. you. Oh, you're welcome. Bye-bye.